Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. You know, I know that you guys for the past little while here have been going through the book of Romans. Everybody say Romans. And so we've been going through the book of Romans and I love the book of Romans. It's most definitely one of my faves. And uh, and so I want to encourage you, if you will, I have a few, uh, a couple of scriptures to read today. Um, but before I jump in, I want us to look at Romans 12 uh, verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. Uh, I just like that version, but whatever version it is that you are reading, I'm sure that it is going to read similar to mine. Uh, The Bible says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Somebody say a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then this is the focus uh, for today. Verse two says, do not be conformed. Somebody say, don't be conformed. Come on. I can hear you through the TV screen. Come on. Don't be conformed. I hear you. I hear you uh, to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and what is acceptable and is perfect praise god uh, and so i want to i want to jump in and just share about you know i'll never forget when i was let's say i was 17 years old and i used to have a car i'm into cars not as much as i would like to be anymore uh, in fact our camera guy recently got a really dope car and uh you know i got to drive it was a, it's a six-speed mazda miata and you know and it's black it's incredible and i mean i this is my first time driving a stick in a long time because we you know we've graduated to soccer mom mobiles and stuff you know at this point because uh, i have three children i've been married uh, shout out to my beautiful wife pastor chantal uh, we've been married for 14 years and I have three children, a 12 year old, 10 year old and a, she's going to be five this month, uh, my daughter Claire. And so I, I can't, you know, stunt and do crazy stuff anymore, at least not till they leave the house <laughs> or a little bit later down the line. But I had a Mazda RX-7, I had a Mazda RX-7, it was like cherry red, you know, I was just entered into college and I was so excited about this car and you know, my friend, in fact, it took, it distracted me from my schoolwork, took me away from focusing on, you know, what I needed to do. Uh, but I was, you know, typical college guy, just loved the car, working on the car always, put some huge speakers in the back and just went out of my way to pimp this ride, as we would say. Uh, and I'll never forget, I went home because I lived in uh, Michigan at the time. And so in the U.S., we were there for school. And so time, you know, every now and again, we would go home, especially for Thanksgiving. Uh, You know, Canadian Thanksgiving is different than the United States Thanksgiving. And so we'd take several trips home. And there was this one time that I went home and spent uh, Christmas. So it was really cold at the time. Uh, There was lots of snow on the ground. And we ended up jumping in the car, a friend of mine who was with me, And we're headed back 
to Michigan. And so as we get on the road and we're traveling and we're headed in that direction, you know, before we really took on the brunt of the, of the drive, uh, we decided to stop at the gas station. And when we stopped at the gas station, um, you know, I decided I was going to get a juice, right? We we're going to get some juice and we we're going to do it some chips and we we're going to get on the road. And so I got, you know, I got in there and I was getting ready to grab some juice. And I, I grabbed the spicy Doritos. I don't know how many of you guys actually like Doritos. Okay. So there's this sweet chili, uh, uh, sweet chili heat. I think it's called uh, Doritos, the purple bag, the purple bag. So you know exactly what I'm talking about, the purple bag. And yo, those are irresistible. I love them so much. So I like, I, I went and I was going to get this. I got this bag. And I heard inside of me, do not get a drink. And this is one of those random times. I'm just like, what on earth? Why, on, why in the world would I not get a drink? You know, like, and, and when at that point in time, I could not, I didn't know to say that it was the Lord that was telling me don't get a drink. And if I said that out loud, some people would probably laugh at me. And, you know, have you ever heard something uh, in your spirit or ever heard something? And you're like, man, this is this is like, what is this? Are you serious? So in that moment, I didn't even have the language to say because I had not yet trusted Christ as my savior and given my life to him. Although I grew up in church and all of that, I was not connected to Christ. And so in that moment, I heard this. I didn't get the drink. Um, I listened because it was just so, so, such, so strong of an impression. I got in the car. And we're driving, we're speeding, we're, you know, we're going nuts, like just having a blast. And it's cold, you know, but we're driving recklessly and just going. And I'm like, yeah, because I enjoy the car. I enjoy driving fast. So now, two twos, I get to this exit. And as I'm coming upon this exit, right, I noticed that the exit said uh, there was a service station. And the next one was not going to be for another 60 kilometers. So I'm like, oh my gosh, 60 kilometers, these... Doritos were getting hot, you know, mans were sweating. You know something's hot when you're sweating, eh? Like, you don't have to run, you don't have to do nothing, but the food sometimes is so hot, you just gotta take your rag out. And I was, I was hot, you know, and it's winter outside, and I'm like, I need something to drink, and iced tea was my drink of choice at that time, especially the Limpton peach iced tea. I'm not trying to make mans hungry. That's not, that's not the point of the message. Uh, but this is just the way that, you know, that it was at the time. So I said, I'm going to pull off. So I told my friend, I'm like, I'm going to pull off now. We're going to go into the gas station and all this. So anyway, I get off the drop off of the, 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 the exit. And I get into the gas station. Um, I pass by a pump. I pull up near to the the store aspect of it near to the pump i get out i jump inside and you know i get my my drink and and i think a couple other snacks or whatever and so does my friend and while i'm standing there my friend's like yo bridget he's like look out the window i'm like okay i looked out the window he's like don't you see that the coat of the car is smoking and i'm like yeah i mean it's hot outside though and we were driving fast so I'm pretty sure that it's just because the engine is hot. He's like, no, man, you, you probably need to go look at that, right? So I run out the door, and when I get out the door and I, um, and I pop the hood, I pop the hood and it's, whoo, the engine is on fire. So my res Mazda RX-7 second gen, crisp condition, speakers in the back, all this stuff, having a blast, driving another thing. The engine of my car is on fire. And I'm like, what on earth? The, the, 
on fire in a gas station, <laughs> sitting right there. Like, think about the calamity that's going on right now. So the end, the fire, the um, not the fire people. They ended up coming after, but the 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 gas station people run out and they have their extinguishers and they're fighting the fire and trying to get the thing and and finally put it out. And I am just sitting there like in disbelief at the fact that my car is on fire in a gas station. So the mechanic ended up coming, they ended up looking at it. Turns out I had some electrical issues, which I didn't care about. Uh, I was smelling stuff and whatever. I just cared that the car looked good, right? Uh, there were electrical issues. I had gas leaks. It was leaking on the exhaust manifold. There was gas that was leaking places. And turns out that the engine was on fire. And if I had have kept on driving, it probably would have combusted and got to the place where the fire was so big that it would have distracted me. I would have gotten an accident. The car could have, could have exploded. It could have been horrible if I kept driving. And what I didn't realize is, and, and I thought about it after, this when it came back to mind, if I had have gotten the drink at the first gas station, then there would have been no reason who sees where I'm going. Would have been no reason for me to stop. I would have kept on going and things would have ended a different way. But even when in, I ended up with my car on fire in the gas station, God made it happen that he was able to reveal his miraculous power, his keeping power. He had it on display. So the people who were around, even at the gas station, as I was able to share what I did, they were able to note that that God is present even in the midst of hot situations. In fact, if I was to title this message today, I would call it a hot mess. A hot mess. Somebody in the comments put a hot mess. A hot mess. You ever seen something that's a hot mess? Like, I mean, we say that for things that are not literally hot, but there are situations in our lives that show up that are full of heat, man. They are burning. They are scorching like my Mazda RX-7. And the fact is that oftentimes we run away or we cower or we hide or here we go, we conform. And we do so oftentimes based on the fact that the heat is too high. And I love this because uh, Peter, everybody say Peter. Peter in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 through 16 as we're talking about not conforming to this world I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to share with more depth and give some more context uh, but I think this is a powerful passage when we're talking about a hot mess right uh, he says in chapter 4 of 1 Peter verses 12 through 16 beloved do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. He says, but rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Now watch this. This is crazy because this does not sound like the popular preaching of today. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Verse 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. He says when hot messes come upon you. Come on, COVID-19. 
When stuff shows up out of nowhere, come on, that challenges your faith, that challenges you. You know, anybody in this season really wonder or had to second guess if you just be honest? Is it okay for pastors to be honest where I have even looked and been like, man, God, are you with me in the middle of this? If we will be real, uh, there are some hot messes and trials and things that come up, uh, you know, and COVID has been one of them. Many of you have had a pan have been having pandemics in the pandemic <laughs> and things that you are facing that have popped up that have been a challenge to you and have been pulling you in many regards uh, to feel like you need to conform to the perspective of this world which tells you that you need to fear that tells you that you just need to live to yourself that tells you you need to cower in the corner and just be depressed come on when in actuality God is saying that when these things come upon us we're not supposed to be surprised or to think it's strange come on but these are perfect opportunities for his power to be demonstrated right smack dab in the middle come on when you are insulted and he goes on, he talks about the Christian life, not just the trials we face that challenge our faith, but when it is that you are even insulted for Christ. I don't know, it might not be the COVID-19 deal that is jacking you up. It might be the insults of family members because you are naming the name of Christ. It might be the insults of coworkers or people that come against you. Do you truly trust God in the middle of this stuff? Why would you trust a God that would allow this stuff to happen? to you you know there are people who are condescending as it pertains to you being one that is a follower of Christ especially in the midst of the challenges that we're facing and and for us conformity is one of the biggest snares of the enemy and so you know with this in mind I have no choice but to think about the fact that you know we are we need to understand and realize when we're talking about not conforming to this world and even in regards to what Peter was sharing, you know, around around thinking it not strange. Peter is writing in the context of first Peter. He's writing to uh, Christians, some Jew and Gentile converts. So both Jew and Gentile converts who are exiled strangers in this world. Now, when you're hearing the word exiled. You're, we're often thinking of people that are in physical locations that are not their home. And for many of them, this, must, uh, this may have been the case. However, the fact of the matter is, he's also speaking of them in the terms of uh, the fact that they are exiles, meaning that as Christians, they are not of this world. And so when we're talking about this idea of not being conformed to this world, the thought process of this world, the thinking pattern of this world, the reason being is because our citizenship is not of this world. I know like, you know, you might be from Nigeria. Uh, you might like my family be from Barbados or, you know, or you might be from someplace else. But at the end of the day, through Christ, our citizenship is not of this earth. The Bible actually says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 20, Anyone, write it down then you get a chance says but our citizenship is in heaven everybody say in heaven in heaven and from it we await a savior the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself and so herein we 
you know, are reminded about the fact that we are not citizens of this earth. We're not citizens of this world. Therefore, we are not to be submitted to the thinking patterns and processes or practices uh, of this world. We are supposed to be submitted as Christians. If you are a believer, for those of you who are not yet believers, we are praying and believing that you will trust Christ too. But for those who are believers in Christ, you are under the lordship, the kingship of Jesus. And no matter what happens in this life, the fiery trials we face, the things that we're up against, we, should, we are never to be persuaded to be conformed to the thinking or the patterns of this world. Now, as I'm thinking about this, I immediately think of a passage or story uh, in the Old Testament. For those who are new to Bible, it's in the first half of the Bible uh, in Daniel chapter three. And, you know, in this is a familiar passage of scripture to many Christians, but if you're new to faith or new to Christianity, this is one that you need to stick a pin in. This is one of those like hallmark passages. It has some powerful stuff uh, in here. So uh, jump with me to Daniel chapter three. We're just going to kind of highlight some things. There's a story of three Hebrew boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When we're talking about exiled people and people who are strangers in this world, uh, we are they, they are individuals that were exiled. They were strangers in a place called Babylon. Everybody say Babylon. And so these are Hebrew boys, uh, and they were, they were stolen. They were taken captive uh, into a place called Babylon. And, you know, they were in captivity. Judah was in captivity to Babylon for 70 years. So this was a 70-year Babylonian exile. They are captured. They're brought into a new system, a system that is different uh, from their Hebrew system with different rules, different governance, different structure, all sorts of things, different diet. And so when they first come, Bible makes it clear that when they were taken, Daniel, who uh, uh, is not highlighted in this passage that we're about to look at, but Daniel, who is also one of their friends, they attempt to change their diet. They attempt to change their diet and to give them uh, the Babylonian diet. They also not only try to change their diet and tell them what they need to eat and tell them what, how they need to dress and all of this, but they also attempt to change their names. Now, Daniel's, uh, now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those are not their original names. Their names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Everybody say Hananiah. Mishael and Azariah. And now all of these names, these are Hebrew names uh, that speak about the goodness of God, like Yah is gracious, Yah being short form for Yahweh. Uh, Hananiah means Yah is gracious, or Mishael, who is what El is, El being short for Elohim, right? Who is what El is, and Azariah, Yah has helped. And so these are the names that they are given, the Hebrew names that they have, that they showed up with. But when they got there, not only did they attempt to change their diet, but they also attempted to change their names. And now in changing their uh, identity, what they're doing or changing their names and their identity, they actually changed those names and took the uh, took Yahweh out of them and the representation of the Most High God, Yahweh, out of it and replaced those uh, those 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 gods or replace Yahweh with their gods 
And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these are names that are odes, that are odes or in honor of these gods, these Babylonian gods that they uh, were that they were now in captivity to and that were worshipped in Babylonian captivity. And so it's interesting because if you note this, the enemy's desire was to change their loyalty because this story you're going to see in a moment, uh, the enemy's desire was to change their loyalty by altering their identity. And so he starts out by wanting to change their loyalty uh, by giving them names that are odes to a false god. If I was going to give you Point number one on my way, on my way to where I'm trying to get. Uh, don't let your label change your loyalty. Don't let your label, somebody put it in the chat, change your loyalty. So what's happening now, he attempts to change their identity. He labels them in a certain way. Come on. And he, and in so doing, he tries to group them with the rest of the Babylonians. And so when it is that they begin to practice and uh, idolatry and, and which we're going to see in this passage and to do things that are aside from the honor and the worship of Yahweh, which was their God, the most high God, what happens is uh, they in that moment the label that they have would suggest that they join with everyone acting the way that they're acting and conforming to what it is that they are doing and I'm here to tell you today that the enemy's desire is to label you and to tell you how you're supposed to think tell you how you're supposed to eat tell you how you're supposed to respond come on and many times he does so by the labels I don't know what they are calling you out there I don't know what you've been labeled as or called the false prophet of the media oftentimes puts stuff out there and calls us things that go against what it is that God has told us but even as the apostle Paul says in Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 says be not conformed to this world does it matter what they tell you does it matter what they call you does it matter how they label you your loyalty ought to stay to the God who woke you up this morning come on can I preach this like I feel it I mean uh, the media the media didn't put breath in your lungs come on the media the media did not wake you up this morning and put food in your belly you ought to get to the place where you say I am staying true to God and his word he has been way too good to me come on for me to trade my loyalty for some false God he has been way too good for me to counter to me for me to cower in the corner and hide out like I like he is not yet and still in control I wonder before we go any further if somebody watching if you can put those hands together and give the Lord some praise if you know that he deserves your loyalty come on somebody don't let your label change your loyalty let me see that. You know, I don't know what your family called you in this time, but don't let your label change your I just feel this thing for a second. I mean, I don't know what your sister, your auntie, your uncle, I don't know what the boss told you in this time. Don't let your label change your loyalty. My, I feel this thing right now. There's been an abuser in your life that's been telling you things about yourself, trying to get you to conform and shift and change your perspective. But don't let your label, come on somebody, don't let your label change your loyalty. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. But, but the text, 
the text makes it clear. So they're, they're just, just to, to backtrack and, to, and to, to kind of give some background. In Daniel chapter 2, the, channel, the chapter before chapter 3, Daniel, Daniel interprets King Nebuchadnezzar's impossible dream. So uh, this same Nebuchadnezzar that we're getting ready to learn more about in chapter 3, what he does is uh, he has a dream and he has a dream that he does not tell the astrologers and and all of the people who were in positions to interpret the dream and you know and so this in an impossible situation and he says to them you got to tell me what the dream is and you got to tell me the interpretation and I love it because this is what differs and I don't have time to stay here but what differs the power of God from that of the world because in these impossible situations God will often place us in place and in position providentially and prophetically will put us in position to show up false gods and to bring glory to his name and and this is why if I can even just say this some of you you're wondering why it is that you are positioned where you are can I tell you that God will often position us prophetically he'll position and put us in places so his glory can be demonstrated instead of trying to run away from that job uh, where there where there, there's so much oh these people cussing too much and I'm too sanctified. I'm too sanctimonious to be here. It's just ruffling my Christian feathers. How about God may have placed you there prophetically to use you to be able to demonstrate his power. So uh, I digress, I digress. So he, he has this dream, he sets this up and, he, and, he, uh, and, and in that moment, uh, Daniel interprets the dream for him and he sees a statue of all these different types of materials. And at the top, the, he sees a head of gold. Everybody say a head of gold. And the head of gold, Daniel tells him, represents Nebuchadnezzar, represents the king, and it represents him. So what ends up happening is out of that, watch this, out of that dream, he hears this revelation about him being a head of gold. There were so many prophetic implications accord, um, that were attached to that statue that did not have to do uh, with, with him being so mighty. But there was, there was, there was, it wasn't just about his might. There are things prophetically that we are still gleaming from eschatologically. Eschatology is the, the doctrine of end things and end times. And there are so many things that were attached to this uh, that historically were to come to pass in all of this but he stops at I am a head of gold and so out of this now in Daniel chapter 3 we find that he makes a statue of gold an entire statue of gold so so he 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 hears watch this he has a revel he hears this revelation he gets this interpretation and he takes this thing and he builds a statue and then he tells everybody you need to worship this bow down when you hear music play what you're to do is you're supposed to respond by bowing down and uh worshiping this statue when you see it now this was not a statue of their gods if you read Daniel 3 verse 12 I don't have the time to unpack it but if you look um, there is a difference between the statue and the gods it's believed as commentators were believed that this was a statue of himself so he builds a statue of himself that is all gold and this is out of him not only misinterpreting but him taking this revelation that was given to him by Daniel and using it the wrong way can I tell you that many of us are responsible for the messes in others lives because of our misinterpretation of revelation 
Can I tell you that oftentimes the things that we build and the messes, we often will create messes in the lives of others because we misinterpret what was told to us. He builds a statue of himself. He becomes idolatrous and he becomes narcissistic and makes an entire statue out of himself, which creates a mess a trial, which we're going to learn, ends up being a hot mess. Somebody say a hot mess. It's going to be a hot mess for everyone who is apart. Come on. And so now watch, watch, watch. I want you to understand not only uh, do we create messes when we misinterpret revelation, but also, also many messes are created through idolatry and narcissism. Many of the messes that are, that, are, that are in place today, many of the hot messes that we face comes from idolatry and narcissism. And so the fact of the matter is that oftentimes we are building things in our lives and not only do we build them off of a misinterpretation of what it is that God is trying to say in our lives, but we also, we also many times are, are building them out of idolatry. Come on, we are building things in an idolatrous fashion, things that are receiving worship and things that are an ode to ourselves. And I challenge you, I want to, you know, as a result, there are often consequences that come. What is it that you're building in your life, especially in this season? What is it that you're building? Is it attracting attention to you? Is it pointing people to you? Is it compelling people to, to look at you and how great you are? Or is it being and bringing glory? Is it being a glory to God and pointing people to worship God? And so with this in mind, not only this, not only this, so many of the messes that we build are, 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 are recreate, they are created through idolatry and narcissism. But then in Daniel chapter three, verse eight, we see that there, watch this if you will, uh, you can, we'll, we'll read this, Daniel three, eight, it says now that therefore at the time certain Chaldeans or Babylon, Babylonians came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the hornpipe and all these instruments and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. Verse 11, and whoever does not fall down and worship or does not conform, watch this, will uh, shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And then here's the tattletales. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. See, there's a differing between the, the gods and the golden image. And that was what I was speaking in regards to uh, earlier. But not, so not only are some messes created through idolatry, Many times this is the case in narcissism, but here many of the messes are created through jealousy and the maliciousness of others. So these people go out of their way. They couldn't just leave them. They couldn't just let them do their thing. No, they had to go and tattletale. They had to go and instigate and set stuff in position so these guys would be caught and so these guys would be set up. 
And so here, not only, not only is it idolatry, but it's jealousy. It's jealousy. Uh, there, are, there, are, there are some of you that are in situations, and these two things, idolatry and jealousy, are responsible for a lot of the difficulty. Fat fathers that idolize sex. Come on, somebody. And as a result, households are broken apart because they idolize sex to the point where they'll walk out of the marriage because they're desirous of, of fulfilling this or worshiping this idol of sex that they have set up. Or then on the side of jealousy, some of you, you may be wondering why it is that there are people, that, that there are things that are in your life that are happening. And you know, I just love it. They go and they start telling the king what the king said, like the king don't know what he said. You ever have those co-workers that they go out of their way, boss, you know you said, boss, and you said, and you said, and you said. Just reiterate it just to try to make sure that the mess is as hot as it possibly can be. And so the fact of the matter is, these were situations where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, they were in this situation because of idolatry and because of the jealous, jealousy of others. But I want you to let you know this because this is where the enemy, this is where the enemy uh, will try to tell you, look, man, it's COVID. Every, we're all screwed. And now they're trying to give us the vaccine and the vaccine is the mark of the beast. And I don't know. And I just, they're going to come and they're going to chop off my head. And I don't know. And, you know, we already we just go. Everything is nuts. And so you're like, I could, of course, I can start this relationship. I deserve this relationship right now. You know, I, of course, I deserve to be sleeping with them. Of course, I, did, I, I, I owe it to myself to sit in the corner and eat three tubs of ice cream and just be depressed. Because of what's going on, I should conform. I should, you know, and now, of course, I got to start hoarding and holding my money back. And, you know, I got to make sure because if, you know, don't know what's going to happen in the bunker, you know, I got to get in the bunker and make sure I got enough money to buy my dry goods and stuff so that I can hide away in case everything goes to crap. You know what I mean? I'm allowed to say crap. I don't know if I'm allowed to say crap, but I just said crap. Okay, crap. In case everything goes to, you know, then the, then, then I got to hold all of my money so I no longer uh, can give. I no longer can invest like the principles of God stop working and the principles of the kingdom stop working. Like God is still, is not still in control. Come on. And I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but I want to encourage you to understand that in this moment, this is especially the time when the body of Christ needs to take the stand that we need to take the stand of, to show the world that we we still trust our God. Come on. That we, if we seek him first, that all of the things we have need of, even in the midst of the pandemic, even in the midst of idolatry, even in the midst of jealousy, that he still is in control and he still is Jehovah Jireh. My I feel this thing. He's still my provider. I wonder if it's anybody that's watching that you can clap those hands and open your mouth in your living room and give him praise if you know his principles and his promises are still in place and the principles and the promises can't be canceled by the pandemic come on his principles and his promises won't be canceled by the pandemic there's a there's a there's a flow in there his principles and his promises can't be canceled by the pandemic you ought to give him praise if you know it and so watch this number two not only should we not let our label change our loyalty but watch this we can always control life's messes but we can control our messiness. So I can't control, I didn't know that the pandemic was gonna happen. I didn't know that this was gonna happen. I didn't know, you didn't know, many of you, 
You, you were going to be overtaken by a fiery trial. But he says, Peter said, don't think that it's strange. Because at the end of the day, you and I, we got to be to the place where no matter what pops up, we can't control the mess, but we can determine whether or not we're going to get on the ground in the mess and we're going to roll around in the mess and we're going, we can determine our level of messiness. Look at how Daniel and them respond in Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3 verse 16 through 18. This is iconic fam. Look at what they say here. The Bible says Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are his friends. Look at how they respond. They answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you. Uh, so so, so there, there's this challenge by the, by, the, 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 by the haters and by those who are jealous. And Nebuchadnezzar challenges them. And now look at how they respond. They say, oh, king, we don't need to answer you in this matter. Verse 17, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will. Somebody say he will. He will deliver us out of your hand, oh, king. Verse 18, but if not. Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or, there's a difference again, worship the golden image that you have set up. Oh my, I, I mean, dear, if we could be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where we say we are not conforming. Come on, this is what God is looking for in this day and time. A prayerful people, a people that are faith-filled. Come on, and not just faith in a desired outcome, but faith in the God who is yet in control, the God who was the revealer of the vision to Nebuchadnezzar in the first place. If we would be a people that shine bright and let our light shine, even in the midst of the difficult situation, if we would make paramount God's word, come on, in our lives, when we're not conformed to the world, but we're transformed through renewing our mind to God and his word. What is the Lord saying in this time? We gotta be a people that control our messiness, even if we can't control the mess. And I love it because they say God's going to deliver us out, O king. We're not going to worship your dumb idol. But even if he doesn't deliver us out, we are still not going to do it. We got too many spoiled back Christians this day and age. And there are many of you, you have a plan B. You're like, okay, God, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to, you know, not conform as long as you do X, Y, and Z. As long as things go this way, then so be it. But they say, you know what? We are expecting for God to do this. We believe it, that he is going to do it. You know, standing on Isaiah 43, verse two and three, uh, that when we walk through the fire, he'll be with us. But at the end of the day, they say, even if he doesn't, our loyalty is still to God. Come on, too many spoiled back Christians today where we're to the place where we only will do, follow God if he does what we say. But we have to be to the place where we make the decision. We are not gonna conform whether he does it my way or he does it another way. At the end of the day, as long as he is walking with me, the Lord is my shepherd. Come on, Psalm 20. 
23. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Can I preach? He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Come on. My God. They're saying, you know what? It doesn't matter what it looks like because my faith is in my God, even if he don't do it the way that I expect him to do it because my faith is in him. I trust him that he is able to take this situation and turn it all the way around and work it together for our good. I wonder if there's anybody who has true faith in God and you can put those hands together where you are and give him praise because as I started by saying, I'm probably going to say it 15 more times. He is still in control. So here we can't control life's messes, but we can control our messiness. And you know, I just tell you this, look at his response. I'm bringing the plane down for a landing. But if you look in verse 19, talking about not being conformed and being to the place where we know God is in control and we suffer well, even in the midst of challenging times. Verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. And the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered, watch this, the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men, somebody say mighty men, the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, their other garments were thrown into the burning fiery furnace. And watch this, but the king's order was urgent. The furnace was overheated. The flame of the fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men were uh, fell bound into the fiery furnace now look at this so as a result of the king is trying to manipulate them the king is trying to control them the king is trying to get them to conform and to be disloyal to their most high God uh, and so what he when they respond otherwise he not only does he throw them in the fire but he turns the fire hotter seven times hotter than it's supposed to be watch this you, you ever realize that controlling people can't stand when they can't manipulate you out of your stance. They can't stand it. I mean, people that operate in witchcraft, people that try to manipulate you and get you and stick all sorts of dolls and things of like this and try to get you to do stuff, try to control you, try to abuse you out of your stance. Try. I mean, I'm talking to somebody I know. There are people oftentimes that will do these things and they can't stand and things start to heat up. It's like Jesus, I remember Mark chapter 9, I was preaching this Sunday, and as soon as the presence, as soon as Jesus shows up and the devil saw him, there was a boy that was, that was uh, full with, uh, had the devil in him, it would cast him in water and fire and all this stuff, and as soon as Jesus shows up, the devil starts throwing the boy all over the place. See, that's what happens sometimes when it is that you are taking a stand and you are not conforming. The enemy will do the most in that moment. You ever start praying for your marriage and things start getting worse? 
Oftentimes, I'm telling you, the Lord is allowing for the situation to get as messy as possible because sometimes it's in the midst of the greatest messes that the biggest miracles come to pass in your life. So controlling people can't stand when they can't manipulate you out of your stance. And our obedience in the face of consequence often makes Satan's attack more intense. And so it's nuts because in this moment, they're thrown into the furnace fully clothed. And this is indicative of the fact that they were men of rank. If you look in chapter 2, the king had previously elevated them along with Daniel because of Daniel's ability to interpret the dream. But now they are getting tested for themselves. Can I tell you, because some of you who are reading this, like, if you know the story of Daniel and his friends, you're like, where's Daniel? I thought Daniel was in a boss position now. Daniel didn't come and show up and say none to them. Daniel was the one that got them in the position. He bargained for them to get in the position that they were in. But although they were men uh, in the position that they were and Daniel was where he was, they had their own fight to face. Can I tell you that some tests are unavoidable despite your position or the relationships that you have? Some tests are unavoidable. There's some things, it didn't matter that Daniel was their friend. It didn't matter that Daniel had interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel chapter 2. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to face this thing and this fire for themselves. I'm telling you, your grandmama's faith is not going to save you. Your grandmama's faith is not going to bring you through it. I don't care how much praying she did, praise the Lord, or your granddad, or your pastor. There are some things that they can equip you with but at the end of the day you and I are going to have to walk through some stuff for ourselves and we have to have our own loyalty and our own prayer life and our own connection to God so that when we are faced with the fiery the hot messes in life that we will not conform and so they're thrown fully clothed into this this is shown that they had rank because if they were common men, they would have just been thrown in there naked. And the Bible makes it clear that, you know, they're in there. And while they're in there, this is the part that we always shout on. And I'm so excited about it. They, you know, they're in there in this fire. They were put in there bound in all of their clothes. And the Bible says they're there in the fire. And then what ends up happening is the king, he's, he's peering and he's looking in the midst of the hot mess. Like my RX-7 that was on fire. And he's looking, he's like, oh my. He's like, hey fam, you know, you guys, when God sets stuff up, you know, he'll have the people that threw you in the fire second guessing, you know, and then he's like, I thought, wasn't it just, you know, cause he was so irrational and he was so rash in his, in his, in his decrees. Like, I thought we threw three men in there. He says, there's, I see three men. I thought we put three men bound. I see four men loose. And one of them jokers looks like a son of the gods as a translation because they're looking, he's looking, he's like, there's some sort of deity, there's sort of some sort of divine presence. And later on, he says that they are worshiping the most high God. So although he didn't have the exact verbiage to be able to coin it and, and describe exactly what was going on in the fire, he knew that the most high God was present with them in the fire. And I'm so excited about it because the hot messes, just like with my RX, 
seven on fire. It's the perfect opportunity for people to look in and see that God is present therein. Come on, that there's, as the song says, there's another in the fire. Come on, somebody. In fact, in the comments, you ought to put, there's another in the fire. I don't know what you are in right now and what it's looking like. I know we're on a global pandemic, but there might be some things that the devil has custom tailored because of idolatry. Somebody, I even, I keep saying this because I know that somebody's watching and you have the hurt of a father. You have the hurt of a father. You know, we often talk about the men that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire, how they lost their lives. And the fact of the matter is we usually say, oh, the people that threw you in, they're going to be consumed. But how, can I give you a different angle? How about the fact that those were men that were following the orders of an idolatrous king who lost their lives because of his narcissism? <sighs> because they were following the orders of an idolatrous, narcissistic king. They lost their orders and lost their lives and could not go home to their family. How many people are the casualties of our idolatry and our narcissism? Because of the things that we idolize. Somebody, you are a casualty because of what happened with your father. And I just declare the healing of the Lord over your heart. Oh my, I just, I, I believe even now that God is going to release that unto you uh, as you let it go. And, and this is the last thing that I'm going to note. And then I'm out of here. Watch this. I love that there was another in the fire. But there was something that I noticed. If you look in verse 26, the Bible makes it clear that Nebuchadnezzar shows up and calls Shadrach, Meshach, and his friends out of the fire. And what I, I never even noticed that. It says he goes near to the furnace where the fire is still burning, watch this, and he calls them out. It was not just a miracle that they were able to be set free in the fire. Oh my, because, because this is the powerful thing. You know, sometimes, watch this, God delivers you out of the fire, but in this case, God delivers them and causes their bands to come off while they're in the fire. But after this now, the king calls them out of the fire before the flames are even extinguished. So they didn't stay around waiting for the fire to go out before when it was time for them to get out. And there are many of you, watch this, you are in the middle of the fire and you have been staying around. Maybe the fire may have been the, uh, because of the jealousy of others, it may have been the he say and the she say. And you might be waiting around, waiting for, uh, you know, for somebody to, to repent to you, for somebody to say sorry to you. Come on, somebody. And the fire is still blazing and you're like, I'm going to park here. Somebody, you're waiting for, you're waiting for somebody to say, I'm sorry to you and they're not even alive anymore. And you've been standing in the middle of the fire. God has set you free. The miracle was done in the fire and you're being called out so you can go out and testify about how God set you free. But we oftentimes will stand there and miss our cue and waiting for the flames to go out before we get out. 
Oh, and you and I, we got to get to the place. I uh, watch this, you know, that we, the fire's still blazing, but I'm out of here. Come on. I may never get to tell my side of the story, but I'm out of here. Come on. I may never hear the forgiveness uh, or, 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 ex or get to the place where I'm forgiven because of what I did. For some of you that are battling condemnation, I may never hear the forgiveness that I need. And you got to get to the place where you say, because I've been forgiven by God. And and because I, in your case, you may have forgiven the person that you didn't hear sorry from. Come on. I'm not going to walk and live in a life of unforgiveness, drinking poison, hoping for the other person to die. I'm going to move forward. Here's my last point. Move forward and let the fire do the talking. God has delivered you in the fire. Now it's time for you to move out when it is that he delivers you. And you got to walk forward and let the fire stand as a testimony that it meant to kill you. But look, I'm still walking and I'm not consumed by that fire. And so I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I want to encourage you around this. I want to encourage you. I don't know what the hot mess is looking like in your life. It might be COVID in general, but it might be another pandemic. It might be something else that you specifically are facing. Things that have consumed, that have been designed to consume and get you to the place where you conform, where you respond like the world, where you act like the world, where you give up loyalty on your God. This is the cry that the enemies of God would blaspheme, would curse God because of your response to what you're facing. But I'm believing in this season even for those of you who are watching, that God is going to give you the supernatural strength that you need through the gospel of Jesus, through the grace of God, to be able to stand strong. He who has begun a good work in you is going to perform it, is going to bring it to completion as you would put your trust and your faith in him. I love it because, you know, even Jesus, we find him in the midst of a hot mess as I close with the gospel. We find that Jesus is in a situation where he is like, he showed up <laughs> to come and save mankind and it got really hot, fam. We find him in a place called Gethsemane and he is crying out. He's like, man, if I could just respond like the rest of these people, everything would be cool. And he cries out to the father and he says, if this can pass, let it pass. But he says, you know what? I'm not conforming. Not my will, but your will be done and he goes and he presses forward to the cross and he dies for the sins of mankind and not only did he die but he got up on the third day with all power in his hands he died because you and i are sinners we are born in sin shaped in iniquity wages of sin the bible says is death Death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We see death prevalent and present, especially in this season. But not only physical death, spiritual death, eternal separation from God in a place that the Bible calls hell. But not only is the wages of sin death, the B part of Romans 6.23 says, but the gift of God is eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. Eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so you today... 
You're saying, how do I get eternal life? Someone watching, you're like, I don't have a relationship with God. You're talking about loyalty to God. I don't even know him. I'm not connected to him. I want to invite you, wherever it is that you're watching, I want to invite you to put your trust and your faith in Jesus. The Bible says, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, if you would put your trust in him, if you would give your life by faith to him, that you would not perish. You wouldn't go to hell. When you die, you'll go to be with Jesus. And you, most importantly, will have eternal life. And it can start right now. And so I'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment in this moment. If you're feeling compelled in your heart that, you know what? Today, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. If that person is you and you're like, today is my moment. Or if for, for you, you may have run away from God. I'm here to tell you, even if you've run away from him, he has not run away from you. His arms are open wide, ready to receive you back into fellowship. And I'm going to pray generally over what it is that I've preached on today. But before even this, I want to give you this opportunity. So every head bow, every eye close, you know, this is, this is a moment where I want you to do some introspection. Look at yourself. Look at your heart. Where are you at? Where are you at in your walk? Where are you at? Do you know Jesus? Is today your day? And if that person is you, if you're like, that's me. I want to trust Christ today. I want to give my life to him. I want to come back home to him. If that person is you, where you are, even if it's in your living room, in your bathroom, in your car, wherever you're watching, on the count of three, I want you to, to, to make a sign. Here we go. By throwing your hand up, if that person is you. One, two, three. Three, come on, pop that hand up. If that person is you, you're like, today is my day. Today is my day. I see those hands in the spirit. Come on, I see those hearts in the spirit. Glory to God. Now, I want you, if that person is you, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And I want you to mean it with all your heart. It's not a prayer that saves. It's Jesus who saves. But this is a prayer that's saying, I'm drawing a line in the sand. Today is my day, and I'm trusting Christ. I want, and, and, and Lighthouse, we're not going to let them pray by themselves. We're going to pray this in support of their new faith. And it's an affirmation of our own. And so we just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my life. Make me new. Forgive me of my sins. Be with me now and forevermore. And I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.